My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Have you ever watched a horror film and you get the creeping sense that when the young group of teenagers whose car broke down on the side of the road in a Texas highway, when they walk into the old rickety Victorian house that has the chainsaws hanging in the garage, that things aren't going to end well. Many of you have watched horror films and you understand the basic premise is to build something up where a catastrophe is bound to happen, where there are so many terrible things happening at one time that you realize that just doom is inevitable and something truly evil is afoot. That's the basic structure of a horror film in American cinema. And it is certainly the basic structure of the 2020 election. What's the corollary? Well, you all got the sense leading into the 2020 election that something was up. Donald Trump talked about it during the presidential debates. Remember this. As far as the ballots are concerned, it's a disaster. A solicited ballot, okay, solicited is okay. You're soliciting, you're asking, they send it back, you send it back. I did that. If you have an unsolicited, they're sending millions of ballots all over the country. There's fraud. They found them in creeks. They found some with the name Trump, just happened to have the name Trump just the other day in a waste paper basket. They're being sent all over the place. They sent two in a Democrat area. They sent out a thousand ballots. Everybody got two ballots. This is going to be a fraud like you've never seen. The other thing, it's nice on November 3rd, you're watching and you see who won the election. And I think we're going to do well because people are really happy with the job we've done. But you know what? We won't know. We might not know for months because these ballots are going to be all over. Take a look at what happened in Manhattan. Take a look at what happened in New Jersey. Take a look at what happened in Virginia and other places. They're not losing 2 percent, 1 percent, which, by the way, is too much. An election could be won or lost with that. They're losing 30 and 40 percent. It's a fraud and it's a shame. And can you imagine where they say, Uh, You have to have your ballot in by November 10th, November 10th. That means that's seven days after the election, in theory, should have been announced. Okay, we have major states with that, all run by Democrats. But there were so many other things that were happening, whether it be Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia, the vote for an entire month rule, the rule about mail-in voting, when what, when does that seem like a really great idea? You couldn't do mail-in alcohol, but you can do mail-in voting. What's more valuable, ladies and gentlemen? And after the 2020 election, we all wish there was mail-in alcohol because we wish we could get hammered because everyone was sitting back thinking, what just happened? Was this one of the biggest robberies and one of the biggest cons in American history? The major issue has been very few have taken the time to truly dig into the data and to provide any semblance of proof, to even create a roadmap as to how this could have happened. What horror film just occurred and our country wandering through the chainsaw-filled garage, you know, why did we get there? How did it occur? And what can we do to ensure that the next time our car is broken down on the side of the road, we stay the hell out of the serial killer's house? And if the serial killer kills one thing, it's quite frankly a democracy that runs on the faith of people and their voter electorate. Recent polling showed that people are deeply unhappy with the way elections are run in America and that people are not believing that the election results are true. How are you supposed to have a government? How are you supposed to have a military? How are you supposed to have any systems run on such lack of faith? One man has set out to make an enormous amount of films that we love on this show, but one that is, I think, perhaps his most 
valued work to date. One man whose name is Dinesh D'Souza, you're very familiar with him. He's made some absolute classics. Uh, Trump card was my favorite. Uh, 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 the, the, the nation at war with itself truly has been what Dinesh has been covering for quite a long time, but never has he struck such a bombshell as the new movie, 2000 Mules. This is indeed a movie that is going to blow the tops off of so many false narratives about the election. It is indeed a movie that I think gets down to the very core of the horror film that was the 2020 election. One man took the time to do the research and to put it on film. And that man joins us now. Dinesh, thank you for being on the program. Hey, it's a real pleasure. What an introduction and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay, so please answer. Just, I will ask with no uh, rhetorical flourish, was the election in 2020 stolen? Yes. It was stolen, and I think we can prove it. I think that's really what makes this movie different. We can not only prove it in the sense of logically or using technological evidence, we can show you the stealing of the election. We can in some way take you right back to the days leading up to the election, early voting. We can show you the criminals uh, stuffing ballots, um, fraudulent and illegal ballots into ballot drop boxes. There's 4 million minutes of video evidence assembled by an election intelligence group called True the Vote. So for people who are skeptical about all this, because you know we've all heard a lot about election fraud, my, my view is forget everything that you know or think you know about election fraud. Come into this with an, an open mind. We're looking at the subject in a completely fresh way. And I think you're going to be convinced not only that something went deeply wrong, but the actual election result was quite different from what it was. So how did you get this data and why have we not been able to see this up to this point? Why was this not happening on, let's say, in December, uh, perhaps? Is it just the sheer amount of data that must be gone through? Well, the getting of the data takes time and it takes time to go through it. And it took time for True the Vote to get the idea that this was the way to bust the cartel, if I can call it that, because when we use the term mules, uh, Catherine Engelbrecht, the founder of True the Vote, lifted that from like drug trafficking or sex trafficking, except here we're talking about ballot trafficking. So what True the Vote did is they got a donation and they spent a couple of million dollars and they bought 10 trillion pings of cell phone data. And this is data from October 1 of 2020 through Election Day in the key places where the election was decided. So the Atlanta area of Georgia, Phoenix, Arizona, Milwaukee, um, uh, Detroit, Michigan, and finally, the greater Philadelphia area of Pennsylvania. And what they did is they were looking for mules. Now, who's a mule? A paid operative delivering fraudulent votes to mail and drop boxes. They were looking for mules who went to 10 or more drop boxes. This is really important because you're actually not trying to catch all the mules. You're only trying to catch like the most egregious, the most industrious mules, the tip of the iceberg. And that alone generated the title of the movie. That's where we found the 2,000 mules. It's a ridiculous undercount. The actual amount of mules is vastly greater. Everyone rejoiced this last week when Elon Musk bought Twitter for $44 billion. And we thought that maybe he'd be taking that company out of the leftist cesspool and into the land of free speech. But he's not out of the woods yet. You see... 
Twitter is still platformed on Amazon web servers. Those are the racks and the servers that could pull Twitter offline if they don't like what Elon Musk is doing. You don't think they'll do it? They did the same thing to Parler. They offlined the entire platform and crashed it because they didn't like what was happening on it. This is how evil and how incestuous the left has become with their control of the internet. It's why we need a new American internet and it's why we are so thrilled to be partnering with rightforge.com. Rightforge.com is the true American internet and founded on American free speech principles. That's why bennyjohnson.com is hosted by Rightforge. Rightforge is also bringing back President Trump to the internet by hosting Truth Social, a new online community for free thinkers and free speech. It's amazing to have a company that is investing in the real wire and infrastructure, the routers, the servers, the racks that make the internet possible. And if we don't go down to the very core, we'll never have free speech back. The core of American values is what drives RightForge. And we encourage you to go to rightforge.com. That's rightforge.com. And talk to them today about bringing your domain over so you are uncancelable by the left. Rightforge.com. So the mule would be the ballot trafficker. The mule is the middleman. The mule doesn't actually come up with the ballot. So if you follow this mule back, kind of backward from the from the Dropbox, you find that the mule is making stops at left-wing activist organizations deeply embedded in these inner cities. These are the vote stash houses. This is where the mule gets the backpack of ballots. 300, 400 ballots, but they're not going to go to one Dropbox and drop it all in. Why? Because the next morning somebody will open that Dropbox, they'll see a massive spike of votes, they'll know something is wrong. So the mules are instructed to be clever. Three votes over here, five votes over there, 10 votes. This is why, like the mailman, they go on routes, stopping at multiple Dropboxes and the geo tracking data, which is tracking not them, but their phone, can, can track all this activity. Incredible. Can you please uh, open up this onion of a criminal conspiracy to steal the 2020 election? How, how, did, this, how did this cabal, this criminal enterprise operate? Well, in my opinion, this criminal enterprise has been operating in a, a much lower level for 150 years. And what I mean is that the Democrats invented voter fraud. I mean, they're, they are the party of voter fraud. If you go back to the days of Tammany Hall in the 19th century, immigrants are coming off the boat. They don't know what's what. There's some Democrats ready to meet them at the pier. Hey, we got a ballot. Would you sign right here? Don't worry, we'll fill it out. And here's some money for some alcohol. Oh, go see my friend Al. He'll give you a job on the dock. I mean, this has been going on for a long time. What's different is that in 2020, the mail-in vote, the absentee ballot vote was ramped up to an unprecedented degree. Suddenly, thousands of these mail-in drop boxes begin mushrooming all over the place. So if you want to look at the heist, you have to look first at the infrastructure of the heist, right? This is similar to a bank saying, you know what? We don't need the security guards to work at night and let's turn down the surveillance cameras and let's tell the tellers not to be too fastidious about comparing signatures. All of this happened prior to the election. But of course, enabling a heist is not the same one as doing it. I think the power of this movie is we don't just talk about the infrastructural enabling of the heist, we actually show you the criminals breaking into the bank. So I don't want to, of course, spoil the film. And I know 
thousands and thousands of people that are going to go see it. My entire timeline is filled with people going and seeing the film now in Corpus Christi, Texas, in Houston, in places all around the country. Uh, however, I am so utterly fascinated. You say this has been going on for a while. Did they just turn it up to 10 for the 2020 election? Exactly. I think what happened is the Democrats knew that this is an unprecedented opportunity. Now, we're not talking about, I distinguish in the film between what can be called a conspiracy theory and a coordination theory. So a conspiracy theory is when you have a Don Corleone and he's organizing the whole thing and it all makes its way up to him. A coordination theory is when Mark Zuckerberg, who may actually know nothing about the mules, he comes in with $400 million plus and he says through his front groups, Hey, listen, uh, I'm willing to give you guys, this is cities and counties, a whole bunch of money, but as a condition for that, you need to install all these mail-in drop boxes. I mean, think about it. No drop boxes, the mules have no place to go to. And then Mark Elias, Stacey Abrams, these are people relentlessly uh, filing lawsuits to prevent the cleaning up of voter rolls, weakening signature matching requirements. Oh, you know, Blackstone really say, signed the same way twice. You can't have this kind of rigorous signature matching. So it's voter suppression to have the... So this is all creating the ability to rob the bank. I mean, this is the subject of Molly Hemingway's book. She shows the way in which the, 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 the field was sort of twisted by all these new rules. But this still leaves open the question of whether or not a heist was executed. And I think what's crushing and particularly powerful for a movie is we have, we here, meaning True the Vote, gathered 4 million minutes of video evidence. I mean, think about that. That's mule upon mule upon mule upon mule. So all this nonsense about the most secure election in history, wait till people see this movie. It's going to blow that canard right out of the water. We've asked many times on this show about election interference and about the 2020 election and whether it was stolen. You are the first guest who's come on and just said yes, flatly. It is that definitive. Yes, because here's the point. Now, one thing I'm noticing, and I'm noticing this from Philip Bump in the Washington Post, he realizes it's not going to be enough to keep chanting most secure election history. He realizes it's not going to work to just call this a conspiracy theory. The, the evidence of your, of your own two eyes is just too damning. And so the left is moving to more nuanced defenses. One of their defenses is that, listen, vote harvesting is permitted in some states. Now, this is in fact true. About 26 states permit some form of vote harvesting. By the way, California is the most liberal. You can give your ballot to anyone, literally, and tell them to go drop it off. That's allowed. Did you know that not since the pandemic have stocks slid as much as they slid just last month? Quarterly earnings are abysmal. The economy is shrinking and mortgage rates are going through the roof because the Fed knows that an overheated economy and hyperinflation is going to lead to disaster. And it's already here, ladies and gentlemen. Stagflation and the worst economic climate in many decades is upon us. What are you doing to protect your wealth? In the Johnson family, we're using our friends at Birch Gold. We are buying precious metals and diversifying into something of real value. My wife and I, invested for the first time last month, and Birch made it so easy. For the first time, we have our future protected by precious metals. We diversified into a tax-sheltered retirement account with gold, 
and it couldn't have been easier. Please text Benny to 989898 to secure the gains you've made while you still can. Every roller coaster comes to an end. Every night at the bar comes with a hangover, and we are here. Do not get a headache over losing your fiat currency because of the dumb decisions made in Washington. Invest in something of real value. Gold, ladies and gentlemen, through Birch Gold, the only people I trust with my future. Text Benny to 9898 and start protecting your future today with gold. Now, in Georgia and the swing states, we're talking about the rules are more restrictive. In Georgia, for example, you can give your ballot to a family member to drop off, or if you're in a confined care facility, to a caregiver, but not to anyone else. The point I want to stress is that there is a big difference between vote harvesting, permitted in some places, and paid ballot trafficking. In no state in the country is it legal to pay people, let alone a mule, to go deliver votes. And the left-wing organizations that are doing this know this. That's why they're deploying the mules in the middle of the night. That's why the mules wear gloves so as not to leave fingerprints on the ballots. That's why the mules take photos as the ballots are going in the ballot box, not selfies, not I voted, but they're taking photos of the ballots to prove that they were there. They carried out the job. This is how they get paid. And all of this is on video. And listen, this is not Project Veritas. It's not the video in the middle of the night. It's not some guy in a truck using his iPhone. This is the official surveillance videos of the states themselves. They took it. People say, don't, why don't you turn this video over to the state of Georgia? I don't have to turn it over to them. They already have it. It's their video. So it seems like something that perhaps is uh, illuminated in the film. I don't know. I'm going to see it on Wednesday. But it seems as though you may have uh, one of the largest RICO criminal conspiracies in American history at hand. And what it would take is for somebody to go on the record and say that they did this. Why wouldn't a state like Georgia, which is run entirely by Republicans, both chambers and the governorship, bring in someone and prosecute them for this and get them to turn and get them to sing? I mean, first of all, we have a mule that says I did this in the movie. So we Ah. have an interview with the mule and we have it not from the horse's mouth, but I guess from the mule's mouth. The other thing to say is that Raffensperger, the secretary of state of Georgia, has in fact reopened an investigation into ballot harvesting precisely based upon reports and information provided by True the Vote. Now, I have to give the guy a little bit of credit because remember, this is the very guy who pompously said, oh, the election's very safe under my watch. Oh, no, no fraud at all. He got into the verbal spat with Trump. The media lionized him as sort of a good Republican who's fighting to uphold uh, the integrity of democracy, blah, blah, blah. It's not going to be easy for him to admit, hey, I was the sheriff. A massive heist was taking place right under my nose. So to his credit, he's opened the investigation how serious he is how doggedly he will pursue it remains to be seen because it seems as though that would be on the right side of history there was a time of course where you'd want plaudits and to pat yourself on the head and nobody's going to say hey i did an absolutely terrible job while the hope diamond was being stolen but perhaps to save your own skin and i know that he's up for re-election now you may want to actually look into something like this Well, you know, True the Vote had a whistleblower, and this actually is what got the whole thing started. The whistleblower said, listen, I'm a trafficker. I get paid 10 bucks a ballot and more for the Georgia runoffs. And and then the True the Vote researchers were like, listen, are you alone? Are you like a soul? He's like alone. Are you kidding me? It's a whole operation of us. That's when True the Vote said, listen, let's buy the geospatial data. Let's try to track this operation. Now, here's my point. The Georgia investigators seem determined to find this whistleblower who obviously wants to remain anonymous. The whistleblower is in hiding, but a much easier approach 
arrest the mules. If you arrest the mules, True the Vote has all their cell phone IDs. Now, it doesn't have their names, but you don't need their names. Law enforcement gets a warrant. They go to the cell phone provider. They get all the names. They go to the mules. Who paid you? Who put you up to this? Who organized this? I mean, that's right. that. they do this every day in every other context. And so this is the logical next step. And the big question following the movie is, will it in fact occur? We were speaking with Rudy Giuliani a couple months back, and he was talking about how he operated and how he took down the mob bosses. And it was the RICO style of criminal conspiracy where you would just get the muscle to sing and they are getting paid 10 bucks a ballot. They absolutely do not want to go to jail. Presumably they're just going to say they're going to give up. Who's going to, who's, who's doing this. Who would they be giving up Dinesh? Like who, so, who is, who starters, is operationalizing this? Right. So they would, they would start off by saying it's this left-wing organization right here that put me up to it. Right. And the next question would be, is this left-wing organization, which may well be a 501c3 organization, by the way, these organizations are flatly prohibited by the IRS to directly intervene on behalf of any candidate or party. Yes, they can exhort people to go out and vote, but they can't throw their weight to get Biden across the finish line. They can't collect democratic votes and deliver them. So you you're, you're dealing with multiple levels of illegality. And then the next question, who funded this? Who put the money into these nonprofits that enabled them to organize this operation? See, it's occurring simultaneously in five states. So there has to be coordination. It couldn't spontaneously have erupted any more than you don't get eight bank robberies occurring in exactly the same way in five different states on the same day or in the same exact period, unless there's some form of coordination. So... The five states, Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Arizona? And Michigan. And Michigan. Which state was the most egregious? Yeah, so there's a actually pretty riveting, uh, I would call it electoral math that is done in the movie, where we actually, we don't just estimate the total number of illegal votes. I mean, I could give you some quick math right now. Think of it this way, 2,000 mules, average of 40 drop boxes each, that's 80,000 drop box visits. Average of five illegal votes per drop box, that's 400,000 legal votes right there. But that doesn't tell you anything because that's an overall number. So what we do is we drill down. All right, let's look at the fraud in Georgia. And what would that do to the count in Georgia? Would that tip the state of Georgia? Answer, Georgia was very close. 12,000 vote difference. Turns out the fraud much was quite big enough to tip that state. There are a couple of states that the fraud is not big enough to change the outcome. But I'll tell you that you, you are looking at a completely different electoral count once you subtract the fraudulent votes and redo the electoral math. So what would be the recourse? Because I'm sure our listeners' blood is boiling at this point listening to this. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you got to understand Dinesh has the goods here and is the first person to ever actually nail down the data as to how the election was stolen. What would be the recourse? Well, I don't know. And let me say, when I say I don't know, I've thought a lot about this. When I first jumped into this project, I thought to myself, we're doing this for two reasons. We're doing it to tell the truth. Maybe nothing can be done about it. It's kind of like maybe the statute of limitations has expired. It's kind of mm -hmm. like saying you got a rapist. The statute of limitations is gone. You can't lock him up anymore. But you know what? If there's new DNA evidence showing he did it, you still like to know. You still like to solve that crime, even if you can't, in fact, take action. So I thought to myself, we got to be truth tellers. And number two, we got to stop this from happening again. But as I 
really got into it and saw the magnitude and the brazenness and the duplicity of it, and then on top of it to declare it's the most secure election, to call people who question it the big lie, to start censoring people who talk about it, I mean, it made me think, you know what? I got to ask a deeper question. Why should we move on? Why should we just go to the next one? Why don't we ask the simple question? When Lance Armstrong took illegal drugs and won the Tour de France eight times, they took away all his medals. Why? Because he doesn't deserve the fruits of an illicitly obtained victory. And so similarly here. Now, admittedly, we are in a little bit of constitutionally uncharted territory. And what I mean by that is the Constitution says the, the electors vote joint houses of Congress basically ratify that vote, the president is inaugurated, and the Constitution goes silent. The Constitution doesn't consider what if it comes out a year later that there was, a, there was co coordinated fraud by the winner's own party that put him illicitly uh, into the White House. The White House, in effect, has a usurper. What do you do? The Constitution does not say, and I don't pretend to know, but I don't think that it is wrong to think about that question. And I predict, you know, with this movie showing that people are going to, at the end of the movie, not stand up and cheer as they sometimes do in my movies, but sit back and just sort of be quiet for a little while and digest the implications of what they've just seen. Yeah, Death of a Nation was a movie that I stood up and cheered at. I doubt I will feel good about myself after watching this uh, uh, Wednesday, uh, uh, and I'm very much looking forward to it, but I'm looking forward to being angry, actually, at the end and not triumphant uh, or inspired. I would be angry because, one, we let this happen to ourselves. It's only us who can stand in the way and say stop. And it's Republicans who very often did the deals with the devil, like in Pennsylvania, to get universal mail-in voting. These are the people who generally sold out stupidly uh, the entire election integrity process uh, to be cheated on. Democrats knew exactly what their operations were. Why will we continue losing why would we ever continue believing the vote tallies? Uh, will things ever change for the Republican Party? Well, in fairness, the Republican establishment, and I, I listened to them, you know, Mike Rounds, this was a, we lost this election fair and square, Bill Barr, there was no election fraud. In fairness, I don't think that these individuals have seen or are familiar at all with the evidence in the movie. A lot of the video footage that we're putting in this movie has never been seen in public before. So I, I would be really interested in what Bill Barr has to say after seeing the movie, and I would be profoundly and deeply shocked if he were to say, there's nothing there. I, I stand by my position. This was the most secure election. I mean, that would be a laughable position for him to take. I don't think he would take it. Uh, but the Republican Party, this I'm hoping will be a wake up call for the establishment leadership of the Republican Party. Because wouldn't they be harmed by this as well? I mean, at some point, like it becomes your backyard, right? At some point, you can take this operation to Kentucky and hurt Mitch McConnell. Perhaps Absolutely. they already do. There's no doubt they probably do in some regard. What if they ramped it up to 10 and hurt Mitch McConnell? I mean, at what point will you start to care about your own survival and the survival of your own nation? Uh, most egregiously, people's just faith in elections. I mean, this is a point I make on my podcast all the time. It is the passivity and uh, kind of uh, willingness to go along of the Republicans that provokes the aggression of the Democrats. 
in, in case after case, they believe we can do this to those guys. First of all, those guys are too nice and too dumb to do it to us. We can use the deep state against them. We can pack the court because if they come in, they're not going to try to pack the court. They're happy with nine. So the Democrats always feel, even with election fraud, A, they're probably too dumb to figure it out. Even if they do figure it out, what are they going to do about it? So this is, in a way, a, a kind of crime. It's a little bit hard to reverse engineer because remember with the mail-in ballot, once the ballot is pulled out of the envelope, the envelope is the only thing that has the name and signature of the voter. The ballot itself doesn't have any name on it. So it's not like you can go get the ballots and figure out which were the fraudulent ones. They're now mixed in with all the others. Wow. Wow. What a con. Makes you angry. And it, it, I mean, I haven't even seen the movie yet. Republicans are very much like a battered, abused girlfriend who keeps going back to their abuser. And the abuser is the corporate press and the Democrat Party. And you're right, their, their feebleness and their feline nature allows them to be pushed around. Um, do you have any hope that the new right and the younger generation coming up will be able to perhaps have a little stiffer spine and a little more iron in their, in their balls? I mean, I think so. I think that we're seeing a, a younger generation of conservatives who are not the same. I mean, I'm a product of the Reagan generation. And I confess, going back to the 80s, I thought American politics was like a very nice debate between two camps who had shared the same goals but disagreed perhaps on means. Yeah, we want America to be strong. Yeah, we want America to be prosperous. Yeah, we want America to be an example to the world. Sure, we may argue about how the pie should be divided up but we're all on the same side. So this is a different America. And some of the old style Republicans don't seem to have gotten the memo. Uh, I mean, I got the memo when I was sitting across from a bunch of uh, Obama led uh, attorneys uh, and talking to them about my case. You know, you've exceeded the uh, campaign finance laws when I realized the extent of what, what they were willing to go to. I mean, if those guys could have locked me up for 20 years, for giving 20 grand to a college friend of mine out of over enthusiasm for her candidacy, they would have done it. And that dawn, when that dawned on me, I realized I'm not dealing with people who disagree with me. We're seeing the gangsterization of the other side and we need to respond in kind. Yeah. And by in yeah. kind, I mean, we need to be aware of what we're up against. Yeah. I, and I don't like, I am going to, I am so enthusiastic to see this movie. I'm so enthusiastic to create change. The thing that I worry about living 15 years in Washington, D.C. and knowing that the class of Republican who lives there, which is really, I mean, there are, there are anti-Trump people who worked on the Trump campaign. There are never Trump people who worked at the RNC. There are Democrats who worked at the NRSC. There are literal liberals who worked inside the NRS, uh, the NRCC. These people work in our party and they're so ingrained and they're so weak. They're so feline and passive aggressive. And they really are scared the most about a Washington Post or New York Times headline. And so they would never even, I think, watch this video because it's verboten. You're not allowed to speak about it. You're not allowed to talk about election fraud, even if it's sitting right in front of you. If the smoking gun is melting directly through the the, the table, evidence table that's before you, you have to look away. And so that is what I fear, I think, the very most is the polarization and the fear-mongering about, uh, about saying election fraud, election fraud, this was stolen, this was rigged. There is so much of a black spot as it pertains to that topic that I fear that some of these, the vast majority of weak feeble Republicans, not in the rest of the country, but certainly coalesce in Washington, D.C., will, will, will do nothing and will not say anything about this movie. 
Well, until now, I think that a lot of those guys, it was easy for them to take this kind of position because they would say things like, we haven't seen evidence of fraud sufficient to tip the election. Of course, you can show me a dead guy who voted over here, but this is episodic fraud, not systematic fraud. I think we are presenting a watertight case of systematic fraud and systematic fraud of a huge magnitude. I mean, this is unprecedented in American history. Even if you go back to 1960, okay, Kennedy beat Nixon. There was a surge of votes in Cook County, Illinois. Maybe the election was tipped in that one place, but coordinated fraud in five key battleground states that obviously was organized. I mean, this is something that I think Republicans, if this doesn't wake up their GOP, it's really hard to see what would. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, you know, I suppose in, in closing here, I have to, you know, I have to ask, do you have hope that these type of systems will be rectified? Or again, are we the abused spouse or girlfriend who just keeps going back to the abuser uh, out of some type of brokenness or sadness in our soul and just want to be abused again and again? Because that's every election from now on. Well, see, I'm I, preparing I, myself mentally, Dinesh, for just having zero faith. I'm already at rock bottom, but having zero faith in our election uh, systems uh, after seeing your movie. Well, you know, to be honest, I mean, I'll get to that. But my first challenge, and this has been unique for me as my sixth film, is literally how do you get this message out in an age of censorship? You need a completely different business plan. I can't put the trailer up on YouTube or Facebook. I'll be banned immediately. And so I, I'm not going to put this movie on cancelable platforms. My earlier movies, when they come into home box office, they go onto Amazon Prime, they go onto Apple iTunes. No way. So I would like to ask people to go to 2000mules.com. I mean, that's the only way. There are about five ways to see the movie. You can obviously buy DVDs. You can do digital downloads. There's a virtual premiere, which has a live Q&A to follow. That's coming up on Saturday, May 7th. So uh, Rumble, the video platform, is getting right behind this movie. They're gonna, it's the first movie they're going to feature on Rumble and their platform called Locals. So I'm really glad to have some high-tech firepower on my side for a change. So we're reinventing the wheel with this one. And once we get the message out, I think the left is in, in some ways up against the wall because they rely on coordinated censorship to shut down the message. That's why they need Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. That's why they're screaming about Elon Musk because he pried Twitter away from their claws and they're you know, reacting like Dracula being sprinkled with holy water. So to <laughs> me, this is like exhilarating. I'm loving it. It's the perfect time for the release of 2000 Mules, I'll tell you that. <laughs> 2,000 mules, ladies and gentlemen, you got to go see it. Dinesh, we have to say, like, you are doing God's work. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. There are so few who could pull it off. We've spoken before. You know I've been a fan for a long time. Your movies are just so choice. They're so spectacular. I really look forward to you winning your Academy Award someday and getting slapped by Will Smith. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's really been fun. <laughs> Thanks for having me.